Light's greater than darkness. Healing is greater than sickness. We should never fear any symptom. Listen to me. When you have a symptom, this is the best way to combat sickness and disease. When you first get the first symptom on your body, you need to go someplace where you can talk to it and say, healing resides in me. You are not allowed in this temple. This body is the temple of God. Your body's a temple of God. And so you need to, we need to get a little bit, not a little bit, but a lot more forceful when it comes to healing. You really do. You have the power within inside of you to not let any sickness come on your body. Now listen, if, you're, if you do have sickness, that's not, you know, a lot of times when I talk like this and people get Condemned or shameful. Oh, I got sick. No, that no. I'm just the Lord wants to help us. The Lord wants to help us. And so when some kind of symptom comes on you, you have the power and the ability to stand against it and say no. And listen, this is usually what I can tell you from what I've experienced. I've just learned this in the last 12 months. Within the first few minutes, usually nothing changes. Sometimes, the, about a year ago, it was like two hours, nothing changed. And that's a two-hour test of what you are going to believe, that two-hour point. Because after a few minutes, most people go, well, it didn't work. And so then you go do whatever you have to do to fight against that symptom. But if you will stand within that two hours, you can outlast the devil. And so I've known that, uh, bless you, if that, uh, that time has went down, sometimes it still goes to two hours, but then it, it came down to one hour to a few minutes. There's been symptoms come on my body. But the times that I've been tired or just didn't want to fool with it, you know, then that symptom, after a few a period of time, then you, the symptom takes root and you become sick. I'm talking to all of us. Just God doesn't want us to get sick. We just sang this song, He's a Good, Good Father. Is there any father out there that would ever want their child to get sick? And yet there's people who believe that God gave me this sickness. Wow, really? So you're saying your earthly father is better than your heavenly father. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. I'm telling you, God wants you to stand against it. And I am getting to the point to where I absolutely not only hate, abhor sickness on my body, but hate and abhor it on anybody else. 1 John 4.17. 1 John 4.17. This is the NIV version. It says, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. You know, when I was younger, if I would have heard that scripture, first of all, I wouldn't have heard anybody talk like that to say we were like Jesus. That would be blasphemy when I was growing up in church. But I, I know that... Um, 
I believe that there is a great revelation to the body of Christ of who we are in Christ. Because there's been power placed on the inside of us that has been, we just haven't had the revelation or our eyes opened up to who we truly are. But it's been a journey for all of us to know who we are in Christ instead of letting, listen to me, instead of letting circumstances in this world dictate to you, I believe that there is going to be a mind-opening experience for believers. I believe this. This is my personal belief. I believe, you know, I, I probably may forget one. You know, there's seven mountains of influence in the world. There's the mountain of education. There's a mountain of government. There's a mountain of media. There's a mountain of entertainment. There's the mountain of the family. There's a mountain of business. All of these are seven mountains of influence. And probably for the last few years, these mountains have been ran by people who are not influenced by the Holy Ghost and by God. I believe that there are people positioned by God to overthrow in all seven of these mountains. And this is the time for you and me to pray for those seven mountains, for people to be placed in the tops of those mountains so they can be influenced by God. And that the business mountain, the whole business world will be influenced by God. The education mountain, there'll be, I mean, the church has just given up on the education. We've let the devil and whoever else wants to teach our kids. I was talking with Chris beforehand, before the service today, and uh, we were talking about mom and dad Hagemeyer in Africa. And um, they've been such an influence in that community, in that whole nation, actually, that um, back in, did we go in 91? Is that when we went to Africa? 91, 1991. When we went, there was a great, they call it a piage. It was a pillage. The military hadn't been paid in maybe even a year or so. The military didn't get paid. So the military took their AK-47s and went house to house and looted and robbed everybody. Right before we got there. Well, what happened right behind the military, right behind them, came the people. A lot of them were church people. Came into the house and what the military guys didn't take, the church people took. Dad said he saw people of the church going into the Bible school and stealing stuff. So this was 1991. So he just had a burn. It was from God. He said, we are going to train people to know God, not just to know God, but to experience God to a degree from kindergarten all the way through the school system. They are going to be renewed in their mind. And that's what he did. He started uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. He has a school in place. Stephanie runs it. Over 1,200 students today that are changing the way people think about God instead of just going to church and filling out a religious square to be different for the kingdom of God. Now he's building a college so even the college people won't be indoctrinated. So he's building a college so kindergarten all the way through college 
They will not be indoctrinated. They'll learn about Jesus and who they are in Christ. So I believe this is what our nation needs. The school system, the education system, every, every mountain needs people that know God. And people who know who they are, listen to me, they don't fight for victory. They don't fight for victory. They fight from a place of victory. There's a big difference. We believe that it will position you at a higher realm when you say, well, I've just got to fight. And this is what, you know, religious people do. I've done it. We've all probably been in. I've just got to fight. We've got to take cold. We're going to storm the gates of hell. You don't have to do that, honey. It's already been done. <laughs> the gates of hell have already been stormed by a man named Jesus. And he defeated the devil on his own turf. And three days later, he rose with the death, hell, and the grave defeated. So that's not my job or your job. We're not to, you know, fight for victory. We fight from a place of victory. A place, we're fighting from the mountaintop. We're not fighting to get it. We're fighting because that is, we've already won. And fighting from a place of victory is much stronger than fighting for victory. It's that way even when you're fighting to stand against sickness, poverty, lack, or any other thing that's coming against you. You don't try to get a hold of healing. Healing is already yours. You don't try to get prosperity and every need met. The Bible says he's already met your needs. He's already prospered you. So it's a great big revelation difference to fighting from that place of position instead of trying to fight for that position. That is good. That's real good. It's the gospel, good news, good. Ah. Do we have that word? Here's that word. This is you and me before Christ. A hotter one. I know, I got busy talking. This is hot water. This, oh, yeah, it's hot. All right, this is, this is you and me before a revelation of who you are in Christ. This is you and me. Before you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior. This is you and me who have no clue anything about God. Yeah, we know about God. Yeah, he's a good God or whatever. But then when you start, the Bible says we are saved. Ephesians 2.8, you are saved by grace through faith. You're saved by grace through faith. Anyone who believes Upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody who. I need something to stir up with Chris. I was getting ready to stick my finger in there. <laughs> Red flag. Anyway. Here you go. I got it. Here we go. Would you call this water anymore? It's not a trick question. Would you say, oh, pastor's holding in a glass of water now? No. You would not. You would call this tea. It is no longer called water. It is tea. It's totally different. It is totally different. It's been infused by tea. And now it has taken on the qualities, the characteristics, the taste, everything that tea is, 
this water has now become. This is such a simple illustration, but it'll knock your socks off if you get a hold of this. This is you and me after you gave your life to Jesus. I'm no longer water. I've been infused with the power of God. I am what he says I am. I can do what he says I do. This is why 2 Peter, or 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes you were healed. By his stripes you were healed. If you were healed, then you are healed because you are now tea. You once were water that could be affected by all of that, but now you are something that's totally different. You've taken on. You have taken on everything that Christ is. You are now. You have become. Not when you and I get to heaven, but today. I said today. Now is the time of salvation. Not when you get to heaven. Now. Right now is the time of salvation. Now faith is. What is it? It is everything that Christ is. This is you and me. But if you still see yourself as the water, you will live your life and function your life as water. With no power, with no ability, just doing the best you can, working hard. I know. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to be a singer, so just get ready. You're going to hear me right, right down the streets of gold. You're going to be in your mansion. You're going to hear me. Who is that? You're going to look and go, no, can't be. Whitney Houston and all of them are going to be slobbering over me like, wow, that dude can sing. Anyway, all right, let's get back on track. It's going to be tough for some of you. 2 Corinthians 2.14. 2 Corinthians 2.14. God always makes, what does he do? He always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. This is what the message translation says. It says, and I got it. Thank God. In the Messiah, in Christ, God leads us from place to place in one perpetual victory parade. Through us, he brings knowledge of Christ. Everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance. You've got victory. All of you should. I think these are, Christina may know where, wherever she's in. She's, she's in the nursery. I think these are a couple of bucks. But this is called In Him. They're back there right beside the sound booth. But these scriptures are all of the New Testament scriptures that say who you are in Christ. Anytime the Bible. When you're reading the New Testament, read it from a different view set of glasses. Listen to me. Read it from a different set of glasses. Anytime you read in the New Testament, it's the epistles of Paul, the letters of Paul, starting in uh, Romans all the way through. Anytime it says in Christ, in him, through him, through Christ, it's talking about you. Because that is in Christ now. This is in Christ now. So anytime it says in him, this is, it's talking about you. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So anytime it says in him, this will strengthen who you are and quit making you or renewing your mind to the point that uh, 
you, you think you're like water. This will cause you to know who you are in him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In him we live and move and have our being. In who? In Christ. So you ought to get that. Read it out loud to yourself and start renewing your mind. So this is what I believe. You know the simple story of Lazarus when he came from Jesus, raised him from the dead. But I don't know. I just have this mental picture. You know, he said, roll away the tomb. So they rolled the tomb away and Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. I don't know, but back then, uh, they, they wrapped people in grave clothes, in clothes, cloths, just wrapped them up. You know, like the mummy? You've seen the mummies. Not the daddies, but the mummies. <laughs> that was an Ed Lynch joke. That's what that was. <laughs> oh. Focus. Anyway, he was wrapped in mummy clothes, in clothes. So I can just picture, can't you just picture him going? <laughs> and he comes to the, to the mouth of the tomb, and Jesus said, unwrap him and let him go. So he couldn't unwrap himself. He was alive. He was alive, but he needed assistance in getting out of the old grave clothes that he was buried in. Listen to me. This is a picture of you and me. Once you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been raised from the dead. But you've got old ways of thinking, and you've got to have help and assistance to get your mind renewed and get those old grave clothes off. I'm telling you, you've got to think differently. You've got to talk differently. You've got to believe everything is so different now because, like I said last week, what you empower... Or what you believe, you empower. What you believe, you empower. Even if it's the wrong thing. If you think God puts sickness upon you. If you think you have to work for righteousness. Whatever you believe, that's what you will empower. So it's vitally important to know what the word of God and how God sees you. You have to rethink God. So you will empower the right thing. We have to realize that our... Listen, don't just get so scared and concerned about what's going on in America. You need to pray. But just to be honest, our citizenship is in heaven. 